insights, unpredictable conversations, encouragement for your day. It's the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. Okay, we are back. Um, I think that you're the best audience out there in the world, personally. That's my view. And uh, I get to test that theory every single day, including today when you call 888-914-9149. People will find out why I say that. Let's start off with Matt now in St. Augustine, Florida. Good morning, Matt. Uh, hey, Patrick. Good morning. Sounds like you just fell off <laughs> a stool or something. Are you, okay? Are you okay, Matt? Yeah, did you yeah. break any bones or anything? Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm on a ladder painting, and I, uh, I did get down pretty quick, but I'm good. I just oh, want to make sure that. I got okay. the call. Yeah. Well, you, you're um, on so the air, question, sir. Thank you. Uh, my question is, is there a term or a, uh, a study, a, a way of um, finding uh, Jesus concealed in the Old Testament? Like, uh, you know, I think it was maybe Patrick Hahn, or excuse me, uh, Scott Hahn that I heard um, describing how the, the New Testament is concealed in the Old and the Old Testament revealed in the New. And was just wondering if if there was, and I think he he had a term for that. Mm-hmm. It's um, called typology. And it's stemming, typology mm-hmm. is the word. That is the yeah. word. Okay. You want me to yes, give you sir. a quick overview? Uh, please, yes. Sure. Okay. So, in the word type appears occasionally in the New Testament. Uh, Romans five comes to mind, verse fourteen. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam who was a type of the one who was to come. So typology is, that term is drawn from this biblical word for type. And what it means, I'll I'll just give you a quick overview. It's a vast topic, but it's really fascinating if you ask me. So a type is a person, place, thing, maybe an event possibly in the Old Testament that is a prefigurement or foreshadowing of something that will come in the New Testament. And most of the types, not all of them, but most of them are prefigurements or foreshadowings of Jesus. So to give you some examples, Moses is a foreshadowing of Jesus. He rescued his people who were in bondage and slavery in Egypt. He took them out of bondage. They went down through the Red Sea, the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. Then when the Egyptian army was following after them, once they got to the other side, the waters closed and drowned the army of Pharaoh. They wandered in the promised land for 40 years. While they were there, God fed them miraculously with manna, which is a type of the Eucharist. It's a foreshadowing of the Eucharist. Jesus himself invokes that typology in John chapter 6, where he says, your fathers ate manna in the desert and they died, but I am the bread that comes down from heaven. I am the bread of life. He who eats of this bread shall never die. So Jesus himself invokes the typological connection between the manna in the Old Testament and the Holy Eucharist in the New Testament. Um, Adam, of course, is the primordial type of Jesus. He was the first man. So Adam and Eve are types of Jesus and Mary, Mary being the mother of Jesus, not his wife, obviously. Uh, In Genesis 3.15, where God says to the serpent, he says, because you have done this, and he pronounces a series of curses, he says, um, I will put enmity between you uh, between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. Uh, you will strike at his heel. He will crush your head. So this typology now involves Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, because she 
is the woman being spoken of here. Her offspring who will crush the head of Satan is Jesus. Not, it's not Eve, of course, because she's not the enemy of Satan. She was his accomplice in his, in his tempting of Adam and Eve. So these are just some examples. The Paschal Lamb on the, the evening of the Passover when the Moses and the Israelites were going to escape the blood of the lamb that was slain and consumed as the family meal was put on the doorposts and the lintels of the homes. Uh, This is all symbolic and pointing toward Jesus. This is why, for example, St. John the Baptist, when he publicly sees Jesus and, and hails him, he says, Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world, which we say at Mass in the Agnus Dei. These are all types, and it's all typology, and there's so much there that it's almost mind-boggling. So I would say if you're interested in pursuing this as a way of understanding the Old Testament more clearly and also seeing how it's fulfilled in Jesus, um, you would do well to do that. And Scott Hahn is a very good teacher on this point, a lot of good books that draw the typological arguments in. Does that help? Yeah, no. Yes, sir. Yeah, it does. And um, a lot of this comes from a, um, you know, an Exodus 90 uh, men's group that I'm part of. And and a lot of us kind of sometimes struggle, you know, with these Old Testament readings that they're so foreign uh, to us and um, they they, they seem foreign anyway. And it just, yeah, that definitely helps to kind of bring um, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, yeah, just the the New Testament and and Jesus seeing that. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So I think that would be good. Now, there's a there's a book that you can get if you're. In, I mean, I don't know how deep you want to go into this. Is this something you're drawn to study at a deeper uh, level? Um, you know, I don't know. This is, yeah, I would guess yeah to to some degree. Yeah, to understand it more, absolutely. Okay, well then I would recommend a, a volume for you. It's called From Shadows to Reality. It's studies in biblical typology of the Church Fathers. And so you may be thinking, well, where do I start? <laughs> it's such a vast yeah. topic. This book, From Shadows to Reality, it compiles the patristic commentary on the typological truth that you see in the Old Testament. So if you're so inclined and you want to go deeper, yeah. that book will help you. Wonderful. From Shadows uh, to Reality? Yes. by So the author is Jean Danielou. Uh, D-A-N-I-E-L-O-U. And it's uh, it's a fine book. It's been in my library for years, and I benefited greatly from it. I think you will, too. Patrick, thank you very much. You're welcome, Matt. Good chatting. Let's go to Adam now in Wilmington, Ohio. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. How are, how are you? I'm doing okay. Loving life. Well, I wanted to comment on that particular interaction between the daughter and the father. Okay. Um, well, I feel for the daughter, the fact that her parents had divorced, which by all means, parents should never divorce if all possible. There should be separation if there's abuse or anything, but that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. She should not have come out in public to handle this like that. Yes, it's all right to laugh at your situation, laugh away your sorrows at times, but there needs to be some more healing involved, and there needs to be a better, mature way to handle the situation. When she went public with that, he, yes, you're right, he should not have responded in kind in public. He should have went to her first, 
However, due to the process of discourse, it's unfortunately fair game. Yes, he mm-hmm. should have taken a high road long ago by not divorcing, but he also should have been able to talk to her first. But because she went public first, he unfortunately did so. Yeah, let me let me offer a thought on that, Adam. Um, the Life is filled with regrets, right? I wish I had done this. I wish I hadn't done this. And I don't know how old this young woman is. She could be 19. She could be 29. I don't know. Maybe she's 18. It's hard to tell. She looks young. And I don't know about you, but when I was that age, I didn't always have the wherewithal to, to think in terms of, well, if I do this, what will the results be? So I give her... I give her some slack for her youth. And, of course, we live now in a culture where everything is so exhibitionist. Everybody's putting everything out on TikTok and other platforms. So it's part of the culture that she lives in, that she's growing up in. And you and I may say, you know, that wasn't the wisest thing to do. But it's out there now, and it's causing people to reflect upon those bigger issues that I led with earlier today, Adam. So things like fidelity, keeping your promises... Um, don't abandon your family, tell the truth, be willing to sacrifice for a higher good, things that are deeply important to all of us. And it is what it is, I guess I would say. So it's out there, people are talking about it, and for us to have a conversation to see, kind of like what you're saying, you know, in retrospect, it would have been better to do this or to do that. I think that's valuable, and there are people out there, I'll, I'd like to hear what you think about my comments, Adam, but there are people out there listening who may indeed be contemplating a divorce and thinking about, well, it'll be okay and my kids will be okay. And, and this is a way to remind people of the devastation that can take place and, and usually does take place when a divorce happens. So anyway, those are my thoughts off the cuff. What do you think, Adam? Well, I do have to give her some patience too with the fact that I, I don't like you said we don't know her age um, and she does deserve a little bit of that I think out of the fruit of this poisonous tree the one good thing that we can tell we know this plant exists and we can somewhat appreciate the situation and knowing yes it's here how can we do better to tend to the fields of our domestic farm, so to speak, for lack of a better Mm -hmm. term. How can we tend to this situation of relationships and marriage, especially in such a confused and um, corrosive world? Mm -hmm. So you're right in all due respect. Quite frankly, you have a lot more digging, a lot more wisdom than I do. I'm only like 32, so here we are. <laughs> oh, to be 32 again. Uh, no, I think, and by the way, you're very mellifluous in the way you put that. I agree with your insight. I'm curious, Adam, even though you're only 32, she's you're too young probably to be her father, but if you were 42, 52, what would you say to a young woman who's clearly anguished about her father walking out on the family? She was only five, and the hurt that, that goes with that, and my interpretation is that she's trying to make the best of a bad situation and being lighthearted, 
maybe other people wouldn't agree with that, but for her, being lighthearted and poking a bit of fun at it would be a way to cope with her pain. What would you, what would you say? I mean, not that she was your daughter per se, but like, what would, what advice would you give her in the aftermath of her father walking out on the family when she was five years old? She's clearly hurting, clearly all these years later, still hurting. What advice would you give her? Well, I know, thankfully, I well, I wouldn't say thankfully, but it's kind of funny. I've, with the fact that divorce, unfortunately, has become such a phenomenon around, like, no-fault divorce, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is the biggest culprit to it all, meaning yes. I don't have to have a 60 stone. The school is hell the school is bad eggs. Excuse mm-hmm. me, let me turn this down. But anyhow, the... um. I would have to listen what she had to say, like we always have to in every situation to get benefit of the doubt. I would think I would have to tell her, hey, you're hurting. It's going to take quite a long time. Forgiveness does not mean forgetfulness just yet because we're human beings. We're not, while we're made in the image and likeness of God, we aren't the deity himself. We can't do this overnight. We can't do this as soon as we would like to instantaneously. So we need to grow in wisdom and grow and take that context of that situation and put it in your pocket, per se. And yes, carry it with you. But we need to grow from that. We need to move on. We need to not just seek optimism because optimism is kind of a while good intended kind of shallow roots that's like mm-hmm. yeah happy talk is just happy talk it doesn't really we need accomplish we need much. deep hope we need deep healing we need to go and it's going to take a lot of work and unfortunately in this day and age and i confess sometimes i fall into this trap i want to find a shortcut i want to mm-hmm go quickly for the goods instantaneous. I can't put in the work, but that's what we need to all do. And I think, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I do. I appreciate that. Very thoughtful. My sense is that this girl, Maddie, the, the, uh, the humorous, lighthearted, whatever the right term for it is, approach to it, was really her way of telling her father, you hurt me, you abandoned me, you neglected me, my dad, my daddy, and you walked out on us. And my interpretation of the video, her video, was that this is her way of trying to I don't know, I don't think punish is the right word, that's probably not the right word, but to make him know her pain over what he had done. And she chose to go about it in a way that was, superficially at least, kind of lighthearted. But the pain that's under the surface there is as evident. I could see it in her eyes. That's why I was saying it looked like she was ready to cry while she was smiling. She looked like she was ready to cry. Well, Adam, thank you. I appreciate you joining the conversation on this topic. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back to more phone calls. The number is 888-914-9149. 
I'm here for you. Do you need a second opinion? You're looking for some advice? Have a question? You want to disagree? It doesn't matter. I'm here for you. 888-914-9149. Thanks to network sponsor PushPay. PushPay offers parishes a platform for tracking donations and sacraments, overseeing schedules, mobile apps to help manage your administrative load, and much more. Info at relevantradio.com slash pushpay. That's relevantradio.com slash push. Patrick Madrid is on Coast to Coast on Relevant Radio. Okay, good vibes here on the Patrick Madrid Show, as per usual. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. How about Christina now in Appleton, Wisconsin? Good morning, Christina. Good morning. I just wanted to add commentary to the video we watched or heard earlier. So yeah. being a child of divorced parents myself, I really wanted to reiterate the point that was made that Really, no amount of money or monetary support can fill the void that is left when a parent is absent in their child's life. Like, really, the true gold in a child-parent relationship is their time and affection. And Mm -hmm. the child wants to feel that their parent has a genuine desire to know who they are and have a role in raising them. So... um, Really just wanted to emphasize that point. I think that you or maybe Cyrus made earlier. Yeah, no, it's a good point. It's worth reiterating. Uh, Are you familiar with the book by Lila Miller? It's called, um, what's it called? Uh, Primal Loss. It's a book about children of divorce expressing how they felt about what happened to them. Have you ever read that book? No, I've, I've not even heard of it. Mm. I would like to draw that to your attention. So her name is Lila Miller and L-E-I-L-A. The book is called Primal Loss. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if it really spoke to you, especially given your own background in this area. And one of the analogies, I don't remember now whether it was something that Lila herself said. Layla? I hope I don't want to mispronounce it. Forgive me. Um mm-hmm. She used an analogy of divorce when you have kids is like the kids are passengers in the plane and mom and dad come back from the cockpit wearing parachutes and saying, we're leaving. Bye. And they jump out the door with their parachutes and the kids are now alone on that plane. And when I first heard that or read that analogy, I was very struck by it. Because I can't imagine anything more terrifying for a child to see his or her mom and dad bail out, bail out from the marriage, bail out from the family. And it just really struck a chord with me. I wanted to share that with you. That was one of the things I gleaned from that book. Yeah, I think, you know, just sitting on that, I think that definitely resonates. And, you know, I do want to also add, like, um, my parents are involved in my, I'm an adult now, but. Yeah. They are involved in my life. They're um, they're Catholic, and I know they try their best, but there's there's definitely that peace, that void, that's there. So. Yeah. Did you ever? How old were you when your mom? And, I hope you don't mind my 
invasive question here, but how old were you when your mom and dad got divorced? I was um, 18. Okay. Did you ever have those moments, maybe in a dream, maybe just a passing moment where you were just thinking, if only my parents would get back together again, if only they could get back together again? Did you ever have those moments? Yeah, I did. And now this is going to be ultra corny, but for the Catholic radio station, what really hits home is when you see the family bringing communion up to the priest. Yeah. Bringing the gifts up at Mass? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. That must really be emotionally very difficult. And maybe are you thinking, if only that could have been my family? Exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not asking you questions to make you feel worse. I'm sorry if I did, but it's such no, a no, deep no. topic. It's, it's a deep topic, and, and it's okay. I think that in this situation, it just brings tears, but... Again, like I mentioned before, there has been a lot of healing and everything, but I think just for, you know, maybe like the listener's sake, that obviously there's the other side of divorce that's really, you know, not necessarily pretty. Oh, gosh, it's a, a very delicate way to put it. It's devastating. Nancy and I never divorced, thank God. Um, but I can only try to imagine what it's like for a marriage to end that way and the trauma that it must cause the children. I can't, I mean, I've seen it secondhand. I've observed it. I know people who've gotten divorced and it's been terribly hard on the children, but I've never had to go through it. You know, God forbid anybody goes through it, but what would you, what would you say, Christina, given your own experience with this? What, what advice would you give to, children of divorce, whether they're mature or still young people or maybe even kids, what would your advice be after the fact, after it's happened? After the fact? I think it would be twofold. So one, something that I did is I sought out like really holy Catholic families in my either like parish or local community. And, um, you know, just to see, like, what does that relationship look like and how do they raise their kids? How do they treat one another and Mm -hmm. have, like, a model to to emulate? And then secondly, I would say, like, really cling to the Holy Family and, like, bring Mary and Joseph as much as you can into your life and look at them really as your spiritual parents and Mm -hmm. pray I guess, unceasingly to them, you know, through your grief and know that, you know, ultimately our goal is to be, you know, in union with God in heaven where, you know, all things are made perfect. And so it's a cross that we bear in this life, but, um, you know, God willing and with Jesus along the way, like there's a, there's a, um, you know, eternity for us. Yeah. Where every tear will be wiped away. And there will be no more sorrow or mourning. Well, thank you for sharing these insights, Christina. I'm really sorry that you had to go through all that, but thank you for, you know, having the courage and the the willingness to talk about this publicly. It means a lot. I'm sure a lot of people are benefiting from what you're saying. Yeah, thank you, Patrick, and thanks for you know bringing it to the show today. You're welcome. Well, thanks, Christina. Let's go to uh, Maria now in Modesto, California. Hi, Maria. Hi, Patrick. Um, it's my first time calling. 
great. Um, Welcome. I just wanted to say hi to you and Cyrus. I really enjoy, my husband enjoys your guys' show. Thank you. Um, I have a question about yesterday. Yesterday, somebody called and asked you about the three days of darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is, if I'm living in grace, but some of my relatives are not living in grace, does that affect the person that is living in grace in the same home? Well, let's let's look at that. So it can make your life more miserable if you're, let's say, your husband. And, and I know we're not talking about your husband, but let's just say for the sake of discussion. If your husband were living in the state of chronic mortal sin, that, that immediately creates a, a wedge, a barrier between the two of you. You're not united in something that's so important. So that can be one form of this where family life, domestic life is just difficult because you're striving to be a worthy follower of Jesus and he's not. Again, I know it doesn't apply to your husband per se. Um, If you're concerned about whether or not there's some like spiritual um, attachment or negative attachment to you, no, no, because if you're in the state of grace, the life of the Blessed Trinity is indwelling you. And as the Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So you're not in danger of being, you know, somehow have, having your your spiritual vitality sapped. It sounds like there's a radio going nearby. Is there something playing in the background? Yes, it's my husband's phone okay. going on. It's hard for me to, <laughs> it's a bit distracting yes. for me to hear that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to worry about that. And, and you would be the beacon of light in that household. Is there something specific that you were concerned about, something you've noticed or, or wondered about? Um, no, it was just that, that um, you know, it, sometimes it's just hard for all of us to be in grace at the same time or mm-hmm. trying to just walk in the Lord's path, you know? And my worry is, I, I always worry for my family, so mm-hmm. I always oh, you're want a good the best mom. for them. <laughs> You're a good I mom try to be Patrick. <laughs> what about this? Uh, what about you and your husband and your kids, if, if there are any left at home? You say, okay, every two Saturdays, every other Saturday or every month, we're going to go to confession as a family. That could be a good way to keep everybody more or less on the same page at the same time. Have you ever tried that? Uh, we have gone to confession as a family, yes. Okay. Yeah, but That's it's good. usually me and my husband that go and... You know, mm-hmm. I have a I have a 23-year-old and a 20-year-old, and my youngest is 15, so mm-hmm. just trying to keep them, you know, in the Lord's way. And I know it's difficult. Um, chances are they all have smartphones, right? Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> Including the 15-year-old? Yes, correct. Yeah. That's, that's a big part of it right there, is that um, is it just the smartphones make it so easy to get into mischief and get into trouble. And yes, correct. I know for many families, it's the, the the horses are out of the barn. It doesn't do much good to close the barn door, but there's still time that you and your husband could get some good filtering software on your son's phone, your 15-year-old okay. accountability software. I would definitely do that if at all possible. I mean, it is possible because you're the parents and he's only 15, yes, but correct. I would definitely do that. Okay. Thank you, Patrick. You're welcome. Well, hang in there, Maria. And- Yes, and if I can just add to that, sure. um, to the girl that is feeling, you know, the video that's going around of her and her dad. Uh, I come from a divorced uh, parents, mm-hmm. and 
I think that at times it hurts when we're not with God. But once we know the love of God, all of that is just, it's nothing. So if she just leans on the Lord and the Blessed Virgin Mary, everything will be so much easier. Mm-hmm. It certainly will be mm-hmm. better, It'll be easier. I don't know if yes. it's if the pain goes away or if, you know, these are just such deep wounds that are incurred when a divorce takes place when there are children. Well, thank you, Marie. I appreciate that. Uh, we'll go now to Joe listening in Wallington, New Jersey. What part of the state is Wallington in, Joe? It's about, uh, seven miles uh, west of New Jersey, near the Meadowlands. You sound like you're 100 miles away. Giant Stadium. There we go. Oh, like Giant you. Stadium. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, anyway, to make a long story short, I tuned into you about five years ago. You gave me some advice. I followed it. I went cold turkey on it. And through the grace of God, I've been able to overcome that problem that I had back then. You directed me to the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. And I've been going there ever since. We go to Mass like almost every day, sometimes twice, Saturdays and Sundays. Was this a, a, what's the word? Was this an, an habitual sin that you weren't able to overcome? Right, and then what your advice, you said get rid of it, and I went cold turkey, and what well, God's Perfect. grace, and cold turkey for five years. Anyway, Perfect. this morning, I was listening to St. Damien of Malachi on the radio there, and about the 12-minute mark in the program, that guy's a wonderful actor, by the way, who mm-hmm. plays St. Damien. You uh, mean on the Mary Beggars production? Is that what you're referring to? On the Mary Beggars, yeah. Okay. Right. I started crying like I couldn't believe it. Now, I've been praying for a long time about, God, what do you want me to do? I've been doing a lot of things, and... I was so overcome by what Damien did. I said, well, I'm going to go by the Franciscan Friars today. We're going to do some work over there. Mm. And I said, well, I guess Pat's going to say, that's a good idea. Go see the uh, Friars over there, the priest, spiritual director. Mm. But is there anything that you would recommend? So was it the was it that St. Damien decided to live with the people who had leprosy and knowing that he would eventually get it? Or was it when he made his confessions by shouting them to the priest on board the ship? Or which incident was it that made you Okay, chapter four, around the 12-minute mark, when he walked into the hut there and he found that kid that he used to hang out with him, so to speak, for lack of Uh better terminology. He found out he had leprosy and he was dying. He said, please don't leave me. Yeah. And then just that soliloquy he did there, oh my gosh, it was just so overwhelming. So now I'm trying to figure out, is that just me being emotional or is God saying, okay, here's the door, walk through it. I think it's probably the latter. Yeah. In other words, if it cuts you to the quick, it cuts you to the heart. Oh, terribly. Not terribly mm -hmm. good, I mean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would think that's... Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. I I would think that would be a sign from God that he's drawing you and making use of that powerful testimony to draw you. So what are you wondering? Are you wondering what to do with that when you go to see the Franciscan Friars? Well, I'm going to tell them exactly what happened, but I thought maybe he could be, I don't know if there's a step-by-step way of doing it. And by the way, right now, I was in front of this Justice Hackman for the last half hour in adoration, mm-hmm. holding on to the phone, waiting for you. I figured that's a good thing to do, too. Oh, yes. In the last, the last <laughs> Better to years, be God, talking with the Lord than talking with me. But when you're done with the Lord, I'm glad you called me. I'm never done with the Lord. Well, in the last five years, he's really put me through. I had three types of cancer. I was battling at the same time. That one of them was stage four, and right now I'm doing very good, so I I can't mm-hmm. complain. So it's uh, I'm just trying to say, okay, I talked I talked to Jesus, and maybe He sent me to you that you can articulate something that I might have missed from Him, 
And now I'm over there right now waiting to talk to one of the uh, priests. I would I would suggest the following, Joe. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Make that your prayer. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. When you're before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament or you're at Mass or you're driving to work or you know in the frozen food aisle in the grocery store, wherever you happen to be, just make that your prayer. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And the Lord will manifest to you what it is he wants you to do, what the next steps are. It may not come right away, but it will come. And you'll see. And look, God bless you. five years down the road, look at the victory that you're experiencing now by God's grace. Isn't that amazing? Joe, I'm glad you called me. Please convey my fond regards to the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Please tell them I'm a big fan of their work and for them to please pray for us here at Relevant Radio. I'll be right back. Big time gratitude to Charity Mobile for sponsoring the Patrick Madrid Show. They're a pro-life cell phone company with nationwide coverage and no contracts. You can choose from the latest phones or bring your own. New customers can mention Patrick for a free phone or another offer. Info at CharityMobile.com. Get connected to the conversation. Call now. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Patrick Madrid is on now. Relevant Radio. If you're looking for the good stuff, you found it right here on Relevant Radio. Don't change that dial. And tell all your friends, please. Let's go to Melanie in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, Melanie. Hi, Patrick. Thank you so much. I just wanted to make a quick comment with appreciation yeah. for you. Especially on the topic of talk. Sorry. It's okay. Um, so, I think Betty is brave. I think she's trying to figure it out. I think we can give her grace. And um, I wish her dad would have stayed quiet or just told the world how much he loved he loved her, but um, my the, the thing I really want to say today, and I'm 43, um, my parents were worse than I was seven. Mom was unfaithful, my dad tried, but ultimately started a life with another woman who really wasn't interested in embracing my sister and I. And my mom really later abandoned us in life. Um, it wreaks havoc on me daily, and I just wanted to say, please, if you're considering divorce, don't think for a second. But it won't be hard for your kids. Yeah. Um, go to adoration, say it down before God. And if, if your family doesn't act, you know a divorced kid, take them in, show them what a family can be. Margaret Mary Vasquez, who's wonderful as well, there is help, mm. but don't do it, folks. Um, divorce does not work. It. Oh, Melanie, I. You know, I, I send you a warm and gentle embrace. I can feel the emotion in your voice, and, and there must be a lot of pain there. You said you're 40, is that what you said? Or I'm about to be 44. Excuse me, 44. Yeah, not yeah. that it's polite for me to ask your age, but since, <laughs> since you mentioned the reason I reference it is because all these years later, yeah. those emotions are still so close to the surface, aren't they? Every day. Yeah. Every day. And God blessed me with a wonderful Catholic husband and son, um, and many people who've been alongside me along the way. Um, but it's, it's still hard. So thank yeah. you for taking my call, Patrick. You're welcome. And if you have to go, I understand. But if you don't have to go, could we chat for a moment? Uh, I might just have just a quick mo- moment. Okay, sure. well then, no, I don't want to keep you if you have to get going. But it's enough that you 
took time to call. That means a lot to me, and I appreciate that, Melanie. Thank you, Patrick. Okay, thank you. Hang in there. Mm, Cyrus, these deep wounds. What's amazing about, about Melanie there is she is breaking a cycle so that something terrible happened in her life, and instead of falling into the same traps and... And, and perpetuating it. That's right. And it just goes on forever and ever. And she broke that cycle. Yeah. Um, so good good her. for you, Melanie. The the pain that exists, so many people, I mean, I think about this in my own life. You know, somebody cuts me off in traffic or somebody is rude or inconsiderate. In the moment, I can be really irritated, but it helps me if I stop and think, what is that person going through? You know, what what kind of pain might that other person be carrying? And maybe he's just a jerk, <laughs> but maybe it's not that. Maybe it's the person just lives with chronic emotional pain. And I, I try to take that in, into account. At least I, I've learned to try to take that into account. God bless you, Melanie, and all the other people, men and women, who are dealing with the same kind of pain. How about Carrie now in Chicago? Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. I just wanted to comment on the on Maddie's uh, video and her father's video. Yes. Um, and basically, you know, when when you're looking at a teenage girl going through a lot of emotional change and hormonal change and all that sort of thing, you know, it, I think it's unfair to say, okay, she picked the wrong venue which is typical for a generation um, of how to make comments in any case. And, but the father coming back with, you know, a video, a laundry list of, you know, grandizing himself mm-hmm. of oh, the finances of what he contributed. And that's all he contributed is not only beyond the pale, but it's absolutely pathetic. And, you know, and what a small person he must be. What was your so what was your reaction, comment. Carrie? When, did you have a chance to actually see the video yet, or were you just going on what you heard? No, on the show? just just what I heard on the show, and I didn't even hear mm-hmm. all of it um, as far as people's comments. But I heard, you know, what you read, and mm-hmm. um, my reaction was exactly that. So that's why I called in. Is this is you know he just when you have a child and they're hurting, you go to the child and you work with them and you talk to them and you give them love and you know clearly you know this is a very small person and it's hard because that's what a child needs no matter what age to mature and grow into be an adult um that's well balanced and and it's it's sad and it's so sad for so many families and you know but i do think that the lady who called and um and talked about the fact that it is so important that um you know you go to god and cuz then you're able to forgive you're able to heal and um and and he is he is the father so yeah. um i think that and you know to yeah, your point Carrie, really- something you you talked about there just gave me a twinge about the father part of it. You notice that the one, th- now, if you listen to the whole six-minute video of the father responding, he nowhere says, I love you, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm i sorry you went through this pain. It was all about justifying his own actions. 
and saying exactly. how great he was. And it's really, you know, it's really quite a quite a good thing. You got five million dollars, and you were just a, a bike ride away, a mile down the street. All it was all self justification. I didn't hear any hint of a father's heart and love yeah. and concern for his daughter, who is clearly right. in pain. I didn't hear that. Yeah, and any you know anyone who would have concern would wouldn't come back this way. You know, anyone who had an ounce of of you know maturity and and empathy and you know and true love for for their child would not come back this way. I mean, it yeah. was it was sad and pathetic and a very small person. So yeah. you know, it, but. You never know. You hope, and you hope that God intervenes in her life, and uh, and you know maybe one day he'll mature. But doubtful. <laughs> well, he's in his sixties now, so he doesn't have a lot of runway left. But I, I hope so too. No, nope. I really do. Yeah. And one thing I've learned, Carrie, I do appreciate your call. Thank you. And it's that that old comment that I mentioned from Proverbs that um, the one who states his case first seems right, then till the other one comes and examines him. So when we look at both sides of a coin, like we are in this situation, it it can seem like, oh, well, that's the truth. And then you hear the other side, oh, well, maybe that's not the truth. But ultimately, I think the truth came to the surface, and that is that he's got a daughter who is in deep pain, trying to cope with it, and maybe not all that successfully. So lessons to be learned, no doubt about that. Lots of lessons here. How about Debbie now in Houston? Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Patrick. Uh, I'm a first-time caller. Welcome. <laughs> and this is a big you. day for um, you. Thank you. It is. Um, I've tried to call a couple times. I thought of it, asked my question, but just got the nerve up. It seems like maybe it's a sort of a good day, I guess, and yeah, primary topics yeah. is uh, divorce and such. But my question is, uh, I got married at an early age. I was 18. Plus, uh, my ex-husband and I, um, we were married for 21 years. We got a divorce. Uh, he remarried briefly uh, for about eight months. He got a divorce, and we both remained single. It's going on 30 years. Okay. And so um, my question, I guess I direct to the point, is he's recently uh, been diagnosed with a stage four uh, cancer. Mm. And How old uh, is he now? He's uh, 67. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, not sure, you know, God knows when his, his final day is going to be, but my, I'm reforming my relationship with a Catholic church after being away for a little while. And, um, in the eyes of the church, when he passes, and I even, I even hate to even ask this, mm. <clears throat> will I be, considered divorced or will I be his widow? Because I will feel like a widow. You'll be his widow. Yeah. So your fir- this first marriage, which didn't last very long, were are both of you Catholic? No, he is not. Okay. Yeah, he's Protestant. I was raised Catholic. Okay. And so I'm assuming you were not married in the church, right? Yes, we were. Oh, okay. Even better. Well, yes, I mean, you would be his widow because you two were married and we would presume the marriage was valid. So all other things that came afterward, presuming that that marriage was valid, yes, you would be his widow. 
Is that comforting to you, uh, Debbie, to think of it that way or not? Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been amazing friends. We celebrate holidays together. You know, with a family, um, and we had three children, and um, we'd even talked about reconciling because as we got older, we just realized that maybe we were uh, too young and immature. Yeah. And um, but as we got older, we uh, realized how compatible we really are, and uh, but just got so used to living in separate homes and stuff that, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. stayed the same. And then, um, is there any like chance example, that you could reconcile and, and renew, resume your marriage? Is that possible? I don't, I don't think he'll, he'll want to do it. No. And, and not because he doesn't love me because, um, when, when I found out, you know, he shared with me that he was going through this and this isn't his first round of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he shared it with me uh, before he told the kids. And, um, you know, we confessed our love for each other. And uh, He's not with anyone else right now, right? No. Okay. He's- I, I would just, I would propose to, I mean, this is none of my business. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about yeah. it unless you called me. <laughs> but I can't help but thinking about this. What if to bring things full circle right back to where they began, all these years later, with a lot of maturity now, to to renew your marriage, to be together again, even if it didn't mean you know living as married people live, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not suggesting that, but to just uh-huh. resume your married life and to be together again, to be husband and wife again, again. Um, and if it is near the time when he has to go into eternal life, what a beautiful way to have everything sort of restored once again to how it once was. I think that would be awesome. I think, you know, uh, I think it might be much for him, mm-hmm. you know, because he's got so much going on. Uh, but uh, I would feel comfortable proposing that, you know, if I have something going on over here at the house, he's the one I call <laughs> for advice. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, um, other than living in separate homes, you know, people are amazed that, you know, that we're not, you know, officially married, I guess you could say. But, you know, I have an intuition, and it's just an intuition. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, dismiss it from your mind if it's ludicrous. But I have mm-hmm. an intuition that I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's what the Lord is drawing the two of you to, and that is to renew your marriage vows and and be happily married again so that no matter what happens with his health that you will come full circle the marriage will be restored and it doesn't mean you know trying to have babies or anything like that i mean i, I realize that's in the past now but what mm-hmm. a beautiful thing to finish life with the restoration of a marriage and again i'm pushing in an area that's none of my business but i'm just raising it because i can't help but feel that that may be what god might be drawing you to and I agree. I think uh, that's why it's been weighing so heavy on my heart. <clears throat> you know, because I feel and, you know, kind of yeah, sort of, <clears throat> you know, hinted that away. And, um, you know, that 
I don't know. It just said, but he, I think he's just got so much going on. But I, I am going to raise that again, and I'm, okay. I'm going to do that. You know, but I would encourage people that, especially those that get very young, don't bail too soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like me, That's 30 true. years old and unhappy, never finding true love. Mm-hmm. Imagine but, how overjoyed you would feel, Debbie, if you were able to get the marriage restored again. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? I think that would be awesome. Yeah. You know, well, I'll say a few prayers. My, thank you. Hey, Debbie, that. here's a thought. Here's a thought. You know, mm-hmm. if you want some really heavy-duty firepower, download the Relevant Radio app on your phone, and there are novenas that you can pray, including one novena to St. Joseph. And if you ask St. Joseph, our lady's most chaste spouse, to pray for you and pray for this question, he may work a miracle in your husband's heart and mind. Uh, So give that some thought. There is a novena to St. Joseph. It's on the Relevant Radio app. Maybe try that. Thank you, Debbie. God bless you. I'll be right back. 